Hello and welcome to episode 108 of My Pocket Psych, the podcast all about the psychology of the workplace. I'm Dr. Richard McKinnon and I'm joined today by my co-host Pilar Orti. Pilar, how are you doing? I am I am good. I'm a little bit, my mind is a bit on 10,000 things. So if I sound a bit distracted or a bit ah, at any point, but it won't be the first time. But uh, yes, hello, Richard. Hello, listeners. I'm sure you're not the only one who's got their mind uh, on lots of different things. Uh, as we just mentioned in our pre-show chat, we've got a tube strike on today, which makes it difficult to, to get anywhere. And it's perfectly timed with lashing rain. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, a few things to contend with to get here this morning. But anyway, let, let's crack on. Um, what I thought we'd talk about today are... Um, the topics that come up for me in coaching um, where, I mean, it's lovely to hear, but it's not true, where a coachee or an attendee at a training course makes the assumption that because I'm covering this topic, I do it myself. So the, well, that's okay for you because you know this and you live this kind mm, of thing. Yeah. And what I want to do is actually be a little bit... Um, vulnerable, a little bit open about it today, and share some examples of the ways that I kind of got in my own way when it comes to getting stuff done um, and made life a little bit more difficult than it needed to be because of my own habits. Does that make sense? Completely. And I'm sure that all listeners uh, can can empathize in some way, uh, in some shape or form with with that, with the, yes, we, you, you, you can, uh, you can, hop on the podcast and talk about it but then how does the day-to-day -day look for Dr. Richard McKinnon? And everybody else. Yes. So you know as you're listening to this you probably have expertise in several areas mm. in your job. Does that mean that you've got a handle on all aspects of your life? No, no it doesn't. So there's a big difference between what people see on the outside and what's going on on the inside. So comparisons aren't always helpful and probably um show title um knowing is not the same as doing mm -hmm. <laughs> because i might know what's helpful doesn't mean i actually do it every day So what I thought I might do is share some of these things. Now, I've labeled these in the show notes as my guilty secrets that I, I don't really think of them as being um, something to be guilty about. And I'm definitely not going to keep them secret. But as I reflected on, say, the last decade of working life, I've seen a big change in how I approach some of these. Uh, some of them took a long time to shake off. Some of them were easy changes to my routine once I realized that it was a better way of doing things. But maybe I want to underline as well that change takes time. And so knowing lots of things could be different isn't the same as making those things different. So again, go easy on yourself. If you identify with any of these, and I hope you will, hmm. it doesn't mean that that means you should make all the changes tomorrow. Now, Pilar, I know you've got some of these as well. So I'm not the only one engaging in uh, public <laughs> humiliation today. I hope it won't be too bad. I don't think it will. <laughs> what I thought I would start with is, is something that... Um, Again, I have a lot of conversations about, and if I look back at my earlier career, I was definitely someone that did this, which is just simply taking on too much, saying yes to everything. Um, in, in early career days, that's often because you don't feel you can say no or have a conversation about your workload. 
for me, I think it was that, but also saying yes to things that were interesting or challenging, or I thought I would learn something from, and not really paying attention to the fact that I, I had a full workload already. And that, I think, was the root cause of a lot of the other things that I experienced early in my career, a lot of the ways I tried to cope with that. The starting point was there weren't enough days in the week for what I'd said yes to. And what that meant was then I was focusing on what I was getting done, the volume of stuff, and, and therefore productivity equals doing more. And unfortunately, you know, for a period of time, I really saw that my worth as a professional was in really tied up with how many things I could get done in a working day or a working week. And that meant that if I didn't get what I thought needed to be done, then I didn't feel good about myself. And you know, that's pretty core to our experience of work and how we can derive satisfaction from it. And and I didn't unless I was pushing myself and getting lots and lots of things done. Um, it's a big topic. It's one that comes up a lot in conversations. You are not your job. You are not, you know, the volume of work you get done. But that was me several years ago. So I can really identify with that when it comes up in coaching conversations. Yeah. And, and you said it's a big topic and it is. And I wonder, Richard, whether we could at some point have an episode on it, because I think that on different what you're making me think is on different levels and different stages of our career trajectory, we do have this either Again, when we're starting, we want to say yes to everything. Then as we're growing, we want we think some uh, some things we want to say yes to because of further opportunities, because of learning opportunities, because of wanting to help other people in some way. And speaking for myself now, I get a lot of a, lo a lot of I want to do this comes from myself as well, which is even worse <laughs> because mm. I'm very difficult to say no to myself. And and for me, I mean, you were saying uh, the the that we can focus on the volume of getting things done. For me, what happens, what I find difficult to let go of is the things that are not getting done. So yeah, I can make my list and my planning and stuff, but at the back of my mind, there's that thing that I really, that I, that I wanted to start or that I have started. So I can, it's a huge one, that one. It really is. And especially if we um, look at it, um, through the lens of productivity equally equals doing more rather than productivity is about, you know, clarity and efficiency, but it's not the goal in itself, as we said a couple of episodes back. And I, I very much saw productivity as a goal, um, which meant that doing all the things equals being good. Yes. And, you know, that was, well, of course, you quickly... I was going to say you quickly realized. I didn't quickly realize. It took me a <laughs> while <years>. to realize, <laughs> you know, you can't do all the things, whether it's all the interesting things or doing all the things you thought you might get done in a day because stuff happens, stuff gets in the way. So we are not the volume of work we get done. We're not as good as our productivity. They're two different things. And we need to um, keep a bit of separation in how we view ourselves and how we view the volume of work that we get done. As a result, <laughs> a big thing that jumped out for me was not asking for help because the other sort of flaw in my thinking was, well, I have to get all of this stuff done and I have to do it alone. It was just an assumption that help wasn't available and that help could have been clarity around prioritizing. It could have been help to actually do some of it, or it could have been help in rescheduling some of it. But the starting place for me a lot of the time was, I need to do all of this myself. 
and, and getting help wasn't even on the list. Not because of a sort of, um, uh, I don't want the help or I'm too good to ask for help. Not at all. It was just never occurred to me that someone else could help. And I think that would have made a big difference to how I handled my workload earlier in my career. Yeah, I find that interesting because I, I'm trying to think, do I, where and when do I ask for help and when I should be asking for help? And I think that when I'm seeing something that I know I'm going to have difficulty in doing or something that I know actually I need, th this is beyond my experience or beyond my expertise. So if I want to do it well, I have to do it with someone that I find quite easy to ask for help. What I find more difficult is actually to take on work or pass on volume of work because sometimes I always think, well, it's going to take longer for me to identify who could take over, make sure <laughs> that they are fully briefed and that then they do it. And sometimes I just get into the trap of, I'll just do it myself. And, yeah. Oh, that trap. Oh, that trap. <laughs> that we one. hear it so much, don't we? You know, because it is a it is a barrier on the way to delegating or on the way to actually handing over something completely yeah. to someone who's maybe more suited or simply has more bandwidth at the moment. Yeah. And therefore they're the better person to do it. It's it's tough asking for help or even thinking about how things can be split among a few people because there's work in that and the last thing you want when you feel super busy is more work and so it's quicker if i do it myself yeah it's kind of circular there was some tactical things that jumped out at me as well um ironically first of all just having too much stuff on the to-do list that can be overwhelming. And that, I think, also leads to, well, therefore, I need to do it all. Not, not getting specific enough about that stuff or not being able to filter some of it away. So I'm looking at maybe this week, you know, just seeing the things that need to be done this week, never mind today. And again, I fell into some of the really common traps about, for example, having projects on a task list so that when I scan through the task list, it, all, it just absolutely feels overwhelming because a project can't be done in one go. And ideally we want our tasks to be done in one go. So that was a big learning point for me. Now it's a long time ago and it's something I bang on about a lot, but it made, it made such a difference to how I viewed my workload. As soon as I realized, no nope, projects belong on a different list. They, they don't belong on this. And actually a project is not just a formally recognized project that we might all agree. It's anything that's going to take you a few steps to get this done. And thank you, big thank you to Mr. David Allen of Getting Things Done fame for, for making that point and um, making it so clearly so it stayed in my brain. Um, we, have, we have so many projects. Um, once we start looking at our world a little bit differently, that anything is that has multiple steps could be labeled a project. And so getting clarity on that meant I got a bit more clarity on what needed to be done next, what was possible to do next. And a big learning point for me was also that our task list can also be a big source of unhappiness and stress uh, if it's not um, accurate, if it's not all tasks, and, and if we haven't really thought about prioritizing those things or being specific about those things. It's meant to help us, right? But if you keep looking at it and feeling bad about it, then it's not helping you. Can I ask you, Richard, so when going back to the, the point about tasks and realizing that you were 
putting projects in as tasks and all the stuff that happened because of that. Um, when was the moment that, and you, you might not remember, but when was the moment where you're like, okay, I've got to change this. This is something I've got to change how I do my task list, for example. Mm. Was it something that went particularly wrong or particularly overwhelmed or just that something clicked? Because that's all interesting. When was the moment that actually you went from, I have this issue, this is what's happening, and I'm going to do this next? It was a very specific week. Now, this this is not yes. this is not Richard's memoirs, but I know I really remember it clearly. And often when we want to make a change, it's because we hit a real challenge and it really hurt us. And this for me was one of those overwhelmed weeks when I'd committed to too much. Um, it was uh, not this job, a job before. I was I was traveling all over Europe in one five day sprint, but I included you know, Sunday to get there and Friday night to get home. It just felt like a very, very long, demanding thing. Three countries, lots and lots of um, client-facing work, and then squeezing in lots of work on planes and trains to just be productive, you know, that, mm. that really, really <laughs> demanding. But when I looked at what I, um, it was on the Friday when I was flying home and it was a litany of pain points. I was flying home from Sweden um, I think it was Stockholm. Yes, it was. I was flying home from Sweden and I didn't leave myself enough time to get any food and then assumed, well, I'll get something on the plane. And then the first announcement they made was that they wouldn't be serving food or drink on the flight. Um, oh. I was put on a budget airline um, <laughs> for the journey home. And so I thought, now let me start, well, I've got this time. Let me start getting clear on what I need to do on Monday, and this was Friday night. It was a really late night. Mm -hmm. And I started to look at my list from the week, and it was things like sort out trip to Sweden, um, uh, write proposal on. And I realized, well, all of these things are huge and exhausting. And just by looking at them, I'm exhausting myself. Yeah. Now, I wasn't in a good place that week. I was tired and I was overwhelmed and I wasn't feeling good about work full stop, but I was on the hamster wheel of just get more done and it will be better, get more done and it will be better <laughs> without realizing that, well, you can't get to the bottom of the work. There's always going to be more. And it's my job to take a break and it's my job to stop trying to be productive at every moment. I, and I put my stuff away. Back in those days, I still used a Filofax, if if anyone can remember what one of those is, as my notebook. And I remember folding it away, putting it in my backpack between my legs on the plane and just sitting back and saying, well, no, this is my time and there's no point in trying to keep going because these things will still be there for me on Monday. Not in a bad way, but mm -hmm. the, there's no deadline to meet this weekend. And I kind of wanted to make a change from then. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Gosh. <laughs> I think it's always interesting to hear uh, when, yeah, something always either happens. Yeah. And anyway, thank you. I'm, I'm sure listeners are, are, are smiling. I, you know, that, that trying to squeeze in um, stuff at every moment led mm. to a kind of a frantic kind of working style. I'm, I'm waiting to go into a meeting. Let me sit on this sofa and quickly get out the laptop and see if I can do something on this other project or I'm on a plane or a train and I need to keep you know, getting through this list as opposed to, well, what would be the helpful thing to do now? Might it be to rest? Might it be to think or plan? Close my eyes, whatever it is. And um, I ended up sacrificing sleep to get more mm -hmm. done, you know, not in a 
epic way, but in a, I'm working a bit late and then it's hard to nod off or I'm, I'm in a, another country and I don't know anyone here. And so I might as well just keep working. And that's something a lot of people had during our lockdown experiences. I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. So I might as well keep working. It's very easy to fall into that, uh, that kind of habit. And so, you know, realizing that I think like every other human, I do a lot better at life when I've had enough sleep <laughs> meant that I had to prioritize sleep and not prioritize this task list. There was another really basic thing that I realized after a while, and it wasn't in the same week. I don't think it was even in the same year, but it was pointed out to me by somebody else that my calendar, my, my schedule was one thing. My task list was another, and they didn't speak to each other. Mm. So my, my week was booked out already for things. And my task list consisted of a whole other heap of things, which meant that work was spilling over into evenings and weekends. And the biggest takeaway for me for that was if there is a task to be done, it needs to find a space somewhere on your schedule to ensure that you are going to dedicate time to getting that done. If it's a, you know, a thing that's going to take you more than five minutes, 15 minutes, let's say, but make some space because otherwise you'll be du double booking yourself constantly. And all you're left with at the end of a busy day is a full task list that you haven't really scratched the surface of. Um, I'm sure there's people out there that can identify with that. Is that, is that something you've ever noticed, Pilar? Um, well, I, I, I came very late to using the calendar as anything, but to put my when I used to have lots of voiceover work um, because I always saw my calendar as something that is stuff that I'm doing with other people. So I need put, uh, and then I did at one point slot. I don't go as far as, I don't know. I, I have a very strange, I don't, I don't also have a proper task list. <laughs> I'm a bit all over the place. Pilar. I don't have, I, well, <laughs> I, it's another point you're going to be making about process. I don't have process. Um, but what I do do when I, when I see that there's one thing that I've jotted down somewhere that I need to do and another thing, I will put a to-do block in the calendar so and then that will have little tasks in it mm. so mm. I, I recognize the the the, the issue uh, and and in a little bit I'm a little bit reactive with some of this stuff when it when I feel it can become a problem then I do something about it I think that's most people right I don't think we all take a step back and say everything's going fine how can I make it better it's because something is like the pebble in our yeah. shoe and it's not working or someone's given us feedback or yeah, we've had a moment of a moment of clarity, as they say. Um, a big one for me was getting feedback from someone I really, really kind of admired who told me that I was making life difficult for someone else by not thinking two and three steps ahead. Ooh. Wasn't intentionally doing that at all. Yeah. And so I was kind of reinventing the wheel in a creative way uh, on fairly repetitive activities instead of look, I don't need it, but the other people need a consistent process. So let's agree yeah. what the process is. And now I find a lot of comfort in agreeing a process because then you don't have to think about how are we going to do this repetitive thing. We've designed it. We could always improve it, but we're not starting from scratch. And we all know what we're each going to do. And we have that on this podcast. You know, mm. we have a, a, a process for the order in which things are done. And we've got a calendar and we've got ownership of different tasks. 
yes, we can change it from time to time, but we don't have to keep asking ourselves, shall we record an episode? How will we record it? Yeah. Um, where will we publish it? No, it's, it's all agreed. And, and that can make life very, very easy. I have to say, sometimes it's this whole, for me, and, it, and, and this kind of covers a lot of what we're talking about, it's the accountability that really drives my, my process and my energy. So as soon as I start working with one other person, then I'm hyper-processed. I'm like <laughs> checklists everywhere. I want to have clarity <laughs> on everything. And then, and, then it, and then I see, and I really see when I'm slipping out of that and having to correct myself. Whereas I know now talking to you that if I applied that same discipline and accountability to stuff that I do myself, I could probably gain some, uh, I'm not even going to go for time, but I could probably just feel better about it all. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it, it helps us not have to keep figuring it out and yeah. that's work in itself. But I really want to underline, there's no one perfect way of doing work, um, but there are thousands of ways we can make it more difficult for ourselves and these <laughs> these are just a few a few you know stones in your shoe but there comes a point when you've got so many it's very hard to to walk basically i'll share one more and and you you said in terms of moments when you realize this i had fallen under the spell i suppose you'd put it of um goal setting being the solution to everything um you if you follow the theme far enough you'll find enough writers that really talk about goal setting as being magical and it was rachel skews uh who's been on the podcast before dr rachel skews fellow psychologist that we were in the middle of a presentation together at a conference together so <laughs> bear in mind i'm not in the audience and she made this point about excessive goals and i realized the description she's sharing with our audience is me because I keep setting all of these goals for a quarter and a year. And then when I say, my God, why am I so busy? Oh, hold on. Half of this stuff is self-inflicted. So why do I keep setting these goals for myself when no one's asking for them and there's no evaluation of me being done, you know, <laughs> at the moment and stripping out those goals? Um, was one of the best things I've done in recent years because it comes back to, I am not the stuff I get done. Right, that's really important to agree. And how many goals have I got on my plate at the moment? Things I'm working towards and are they too far away from here? Could I make them slightly easier or shall I drop them completely because they're my goals? No, no one else has given me these goals. And that was another moment of, aha, light bulb, I'm going to make some changes. And, and it was brilliant. I think that's quite an example of, I might be misinterpreting, but what comes to mind is latching on to something that we think we ought to be doing mm. and going, oh, I need to be doing that, 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 that. And actually, at some point, you do step back and go, actually, is that working for me as I'm doing that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. And that's such a great way of putting it. Is this working for me? It's the tyranny of should. Mm. You know, I should be doing better than this. I should be trying to reach that target over there. I sh Rather than, does anything need to change? Is the way I'm approaching this helpful? Is it working for me? So um, when there is towards the end of a calendar year, a lot of content out there about setting your goals for the next year, I kind of smile, smile with a kind of a wry smile mm -hmm. and uh, say to myself, maybe what one thing 
is important enough, then I might consider setting a goal for it because it's all too easy to fall into that trap of having multiple stretch goals that are, are just too much for us. Pilar, anything else you want to um, admit to? <laughs> <laughs> well, I also made some notes of, uh, uh, without the bullet points. Uh, well, th there is one um, because actually we've covered most of it. But th th there are two. Two I will mention, my first one and my last one in my list. The, the first one is that I, I have lots of plans to, be, to make better use of my time and to structure my time better. And sometimes I do sit down and we, we, we've talked about the weekly, I think it was the daily review or the weekly review. Weekly uh, review, weekly, yeah. Weekly review. And I said, well, I kind of do that sometimes. And I, I think what I would like to to change because I think this is where it's important is that I sit down and think and reflect and make plans but then I just abandon those plans I forget to go back to my notes or I forget that I had planned uh, and then I go back I go oh I plan to do all that so I think that uh, yeah I, I can confess to that that I try and structure my time I in fact I structure it but then I forget how I've structured it uh, and the other one which Uh, I'm sure, well, I don't know if other listeners can um, empathize with is I get myself into uh, tech rabbit holes. And by, what I mean by that is that I will go to post something on LinkedIn and then I see something and I see a notification there because I don't have any push notifications. That is something that I'm, but I have so many platforms that I go into to do multiple kinds of work. So for example, for this, well, this podcast is now Notion, but I have lots of projects on Trello. I'm very easily distracted. I will go in to check something. I see that something's been posted in another project. I go there and before I know it, like with you always say, I forget what I went to Trello for. <laughs> so that, that is, that is, um, yeah, I think I'm quite sorted because I don't have the push notifications, but I am just so curious and I'm, and I'm learning now having said that. I am learning now to go, oh, that's probably about that. I'm not going to read it because I know that I'm, as long as I don't read it, I don't engage. So that yeah. is something I'm working on, listeners. You can add that to my list as <laughs> well. And the only thing that saves me there is having my task list up on screen for most of the time so I can quickly mm. keep what was I doing what oh, was I trying to do um but that's only if I've got a big screen in front <laughs> of me that's hard to do on a smaller screen uh but yeah you're, you you get you get um hooked by interest or panic or novelty and you end up three applications away from where you started wondering yeah. what did I pick up this device to do or why did I open Trello yeah It's it's difficult. And I, I guess I'd come back to our original point, you know, being open about this stuff is not either um, to disabuse anyone of the notion that we're perfect, because I'm sure nobody <laughs> thought that to begin with. And it's not to say poor me, it's to say we're all kind of work in progress. And we can make change and we can improve these things once we know what's going on for us and what difference it, it might make. And it can take time. Uh, so If you've identified with any of these points, don't assume you can sort them all out in the next week. Pick one and chip away at it. And of course, we would love to know what kind of journey you've been on when it comes to your own kind of personal development, whether it's this kind of getting the stuff done, productivity theme or, or anything else. Maybe you've, you've dropped some unhelpful habits or replaced them with something more helpful. 
maybe you're wrestling with something still, please let us know on Twitter if, you, if you'd like to, at mypocketpsych, uh, by email, podcast at worklifepsych.com, or you can leave us a voicemail, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes. And of course, don't forget, um, Work Life Psych Club is our free online community where the focus is completely on personal development. So if you'd like, you can join us there, worklifepsych.club, and um, continue the conversation there and, and get some support and attend our online meetups and continue these kinds of conversations. Pilar, I always ask you, have you got anything to throw in before we wrap up? But I, I would just like to say it's been very cathartic to talk about this. <laughs> we should do it more often, shouldn't we? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure we'd have the listenership um, anymore, but uh, I think being open about it is great. Now over to the listeners. What do you think? What's worked for you? Um, was it helpful to talk about this stuff? We'd love to know. But, Pilar, anything else to throw no, in no, before no, we wrap no, up? Okay, no. okay. I, I don't want to shut it down with that checking. <laughs> All right, listen, everyone, thank you for listening. <laughs>